There's always something special about children's concerts for me. So yeah, I'm always always nervous. And once the band starts playing, it's uh, a big relief. Just trying to figure out the weather and hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Hello, Theatre Art Life podcast listeners. Today we're sharing with you audio from our one-on-one interview series. We hope that you enjoyed listening. Some of our discussion has references to pictures shown in our webinar, so if you want to see these pictures, you can always head over to the Theatre Art Life YouTube channel and watch the replay. Enjoy. All right, and here we have Master Sergeant Rich Dickerson, who is the stage manager for the Presence-Owned United States Marine Band. So, Rich, welcome to Theatre Art Life, and thank you for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. So, I've been given some uh, questions, because we we prepared some questions today, and um, we had to get them vetted by the military, because that's who you work for, and I'm very glad that they've said yes to all the questions that we're asking. And uh, I want to start with, if you could tell us about your path to becoming the stage manager for the President's Own United States Marine Band and, and tell us how you became a stage manager for the military. Sure. Uh, so I started out as a, uh, well, a musician. I grew up in a musical family and uh, early on I played piano until I broke my right ring finger when I was in fourth grade. When I was about 10 and uh, found out I could play the French horn by you know sticking my broken finger in the bell there and, and uh, kind of became a, a French horn player from age 10, and that took me uh, you know, into high school and marching band in high school. And in uh, high school, we didn't have a stage crew. It, all of the music students, the drama students, the choir, we all had to do our own stage uh, craft. We kind of learned, and, and luckily we had a bunch of alumni who would come back and they had gone on and, and uh, pursued this as a, as a career, and they came back and kind of mentored us. Uh, and so we learned about lighting and, and you know, a little bit about sound. And, and I really thought it was great to, to do that. I always volunteered and, and worked on that. And so it was, it was just natural to me. I grew up, you know, my mom was a percussionist and I would always, always tag backstage and I would you know, sit there with the stage hands and, and you know, joke. And then uh, right after high school, I went into the Marines, into one of the field bands out in El Toro, California. And everybody who's junior has to load the truck and you know move all the gear around and and that was just natural for me and so they started asking me to do more and more and so I kept doing more and more and then uh after four years uh you know being in one of the fleet, fleet bands uh I didn't I wasn't sure what to do with my life and so I auditioned a couple uh conservatories and uh ended up going to Peabody Conservatory in Baltimore Maryland for horn performance and and there, uh, just to make some extra money and, and meet some people and have fun, I, I joined the stage crew and you know, started doing all the setups. And, and Peabody had a really good opera department, so they, they asked me, would you like to work crew for the opera? I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that was a lot of fun, uh, just hanging out backstage and, and doing set changes and working with props. And, and uh, I would show up for the lighting hang and learn everything that I could with the lighting hang uh, with, with, uh, with the lighting designer at Peabody. And then I'd hang up in the lighting booth <laughs> with the guys that ran the, and that's right when moving lights were starting to get in. We had an I-beam. It was, you know, greatest thing since sliced bread. And <laughs> programming it was not. <laughs> so we'd sit there and try and figure out how to program the, you know, the I-beam. And so it was just always so interesting to me 
uh, that I wanted to pursue uh, stage management. And so I started stage managing the operas. Uh, and through that uh, Baltimore Opera, uh, they had a, a young artist residency program and they needed a stage manager for that. So I, I ended up doing that and stage managing all sorts of different things in Baltimore and ended up uh, you know, uh, as assistant stage manager on the main stage for Baltimore Opera. So having this background in, in theater, behind the scenes, and music, and having been in the Marine Corps, when I went to take an audition on the horn for the Marine Band here, uh, I met up with an, an old friend that I had served with before, who was the drum major. And we went to lunch and he said, hey, we're having a, uh, an opening for a stage manager, you should apply. I thought, well, okay, what, are, what do you guys want? And we said, he said, we need somebody that does stage crew, that knows music, and has knows the Marine Corps. I said, well, I've got all three. The perfect um, storm. Yes. So, you know, I, I went and I interviewed and I was very nervous and, and I went through the whole interview process and, and luckily they, they picked me. And that was back in 2004 and uh, I've been, uh, been here ever since. That's amazing. Luck of the draw. <laughs> well, it's great because they, the, your skill sets perfectly served the role that they were looking for, you know. So uh, that is, it's very, a very unique position. So tell us how many... Roles, stage manager roles, are there in the military? So officially, as far as I know, there are only two uh, stage managers, official stage managers, uh, and that's uh, ours. Uh, so Master Gunner Sergeant Charles Terry and I are the only two official titled stage managers in the military. That's our whole job. However, you know, as everyone knows, you need a stage manager everywhere anytime there's a performance. So a lot of the other bands, they'll, they'll do it as a collateral duty. Uh, so one of the musicians will take over that stage management role, or maybe it will be one of the audio production team, or uh, uh, sometimes once they become more senior in some of the bands, they, they take on a producer role and they sort of serve, you know, multiple hats. And so that's kind of how the U.S. military uh, does that. Oh, yeah, there's me at the White House <laughs> stage manager. <laughs> yeah, I know some of the other militaries, uh, uh, we had the, uh, the pleasure to work with a couple of foreign militaries and they have uh, stage managers working alongside with them. So I don't know if that's a collateral duty for them or, or if it's uh, a dedicated position, but we're very yeah. lucky here to be uh, in a dedicated position. I love the words that collateral duty. I've never heard a stage manager role called a collateral duty. I'm going to yes. use that somehow <laughs> in my work in the future. So I assume that for such high-profile events that you do do, that you have to go through a lot of security protocol that maybe what a normal band or a normal show does. So, like, does that mean that your days have to start super early and there's lots of waiting? Because, like, that's what I would imagine it would be. And 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 so tell us about those, you know, high-profile events. Obviously, you're there in the White House, so you've worked there a lot. And you've probably got long days um, that you have to do. So how do you keep your group motivated? Oh, sure. Yeah. Just like any other, uh, you know, there's a lot of waiting around, waiting for, for things to happen to, you know, get into the location. And so just, I imagine just like any other career, we just, you know, stand around and talk <laughs> or lately, you know, my, my young, uh, you know, stage crew Marines have, uh, you know, they're always on the phone. Uh, they picked up this online game called among us and they go around, uh, trying to, you know, either kill people or be, you know, Evade killing. I don't know much about it. <laughs> they try and tell me I'm the old guy. <laughs> so you show up at an event pretty early and you hang around all day. So this is you oh, yeah. in uh, the White House. What was this event? Yeah, that was, uh, I think that was for um, 
a picnic in the park, uh, New York style uh, picnic in the park there. You see the lighting kind of going along the, the top mm -hmm. there. And we're there for a rehearsal, you know, way before. Uh, it's always fun to, to, to watch everything get set up because everything rolls in. And, you know, we're set up right about where uh, Marine One lands <laughs> on the White House. So, wow. yeah, it, it, that lawn gets a lot of use. And luckily, the Park Service takes really good care of it. <laughs> That's great. And so do you have a favorite annual event or is there a special show that you'd like to share with us that you do? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so every year in a normal year, we, we have a, uh, a, what we call a young person's uh, concert and that's, uh, you know, or a children's concert. And that's always themed. It gives me a chance to kind of bring a special uh, something to, to the, to the, um, to the event. So one time we did a star Wars theme concert where we had a lot of, uh, you know, star Wars music. So we, we reached out to the 501st, uh, and got them all the coming costume and and we had uh stormtroopers there and we had uh the resistance there and they were all uh you know came on with their music and we had darth vader unfortunately i wasn't able to do my uh you know special effects fog uh <laughs> fire system but we did have darth vader kind of bust out of the side door there on stage and had some you know backlighting on him uh, and uh and that was a lot of fun and then we had a, a concert uh where in the world is John Philip Sousa, where we got to do a lot of pre-recorded video, uh, kind of make it look at what's happening now and, and a lot of green, green stuff where he suddenly was in Paris and, or in Italy. Uh, and we, we had a lot of fun uh, working on that. So those are always great concerts. And, and you know, plus it's for the kids. So it's, I've got two kids yeah. and, and it's, it, it's always something special about children's concerts for me. <laughs> So doing the children's concerts rather than, you know, uh, performing for the president. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. So there's a good question here from Gis Giselle. Maybe you can answer. Is there any type of music that the Marine Band's not allowed to play? Or is it who dictates the music? Who chooses it? So the director of the Marine Band is uh, officially the, the musical advisor to the White House. And he has a pretty good uh, grasp on what to play and what not to play. Uh, of course, the, the White House, uh, when we're playing there, uh, can request special music. And we've had requests before. Uh, we're having a St. Patrick's Day party. We'd like an Irish ensemble. And then we get together and go, we don't have an Irish ensemble. <laughs> we get a few people that can play Irish music and suddenly we have an Irish ensemble. And it's, uh, it's actually still going. Or, you know, country music. Hey, we want to have a country music you know, rock band. Okay, let's figure out how to do that. So it's always... always kind of fun. And uh, I think more importantly, we, we try to stay, uh, we try to do things right. So we have uh, librarians that will research the copyrights and make sure that mm. we're, we're, uh, we're within the, you know, the guidelines for all the copyrights for performance, you know, live performance, yeah. live stream. You know, we really want to set the example there. And it sounds like because you do quite a number of diverse events and you're probably the only stage manager, I mean, how much crew What's the scope of your stage management duties? In our pre-chat, we talked about the fact that you ended up doing other duties like lighting and video and staging. So how yes. diverse is your skill set and how did you open your skill set to do numerous things that, um, that sit under the banner of stage manager? Yeah, so we're kind of, a, 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 I guess, a catch-all. <laughs> I, I train the crew, uh, I do stage management duties, uh, and most of it I pick up uh, just, you know, from on the job experience and just being, you know, curious. So a lot of it from my college years, you know, lighting, just hanging out with the lighting designer and, and 
getting up on the giant wooden A-frame that, that used to rock back and forth and, uh, and hang some lights in there. And there's me hanging lights at the, at the U.S. Capitol for a concert. And, yeah, it's always uh, whatever I can do that, that helps, uh, you know, I'll do that. Uh, so lighting is, is, is one of my loves. Luckily, we have uh, three professional audio engineers here. And we're about to have a, a video crew as well, a professional video crew. So I'll be learning from them, definitely. Yeah. So we won't, we'll no longer be a one-man band in that sense. So you'll have to, you'll get the, get to hand off hand off some of those duties yes. to some other That'll people. That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> and it will look better too, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you've often got like millions of people watching your performances. Do you ever feel the pressure of that? I am always nervous before the band starts playing, I always think that I've forgotten something and I go over my checklist four or five different times and I, I, I'm never exactly happy until the band starts playing. Everyone's sitting down, they have their instrument, they're playing their music. I know at that point, we've got it. They, they do their thing so well, it, it's going to be a success and then all we have to do is clean up at the end. And I'm just always worried, you know, that I forgot something. And on tour, it's even worse because uh, when we go on tour in October's, we have three different concerts that we play, three different programs, and not until the third day. And of course, we're getting farther and farther away from home each day. And I'm, always, I'm just sitting there biting my nails. I hope I didn't forget anything. <laughs> so yeah, I'm always always nervous. You know, and, and then once the band starts playing, it, it's uh, a big relief. And this is one of those situations. Where is this? Tell us about this one. So that we're scanning right at the uh, uh, at the U.S. Capitol, looking out at the at the National Mall there. And that's set up for inauguration. They're actually building that stage right now. Uh, and we sit just below where the president uh, speaks. Uh, and then this, I think, is for the, uh, one of the uh, uh, President Obama's inaugurations. So there's a lot of chairs all the way out the mall. And I mm. had to take this picture because I was just amazed that there were even that many chairs in Washington, D.C. That's amazing. And so when you, when you had to do that, you're there sitting there for a while and, and like, have you got to sit there for the whole ceremony? Like, are you like installed there and you wait there all day? Oh yeah. The band is there. Uh, so the stage crew goes a little early. We're always uh, just a little bit early in front of the band and we're there, you know, the dark <laughs> setting up. You mean dark I mean, as in early morning, early morning setting up, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think we get there around two or three in the morning and we make sure everything's set up and, uh, and then we go and hide, and then the band comes out, and they, they sit there for the event and play. And, and then once they're done, we come back out after everything's. <laughs> a lot of my friends joke, hey, I'll see you on TV at the inauguration. I say, no, if you see me, something's horribly wrong. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> That's fantastic. So on that, given that if you see me, is there any funny stories or mishaps that you've had behind the scenes that you're able to share with us? Oh, always, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I picked a couple for this. Um, there's uh, the first one was the uh, we had a Sousa statue dedication. Uh, so we had somebody uh, make a giant bronze statue of John Philip Sousa, one of our previous directors. And, That's uh, this picture, right? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, he's the statue's there behind the blue curtain, and uh, you know, we wanted to have some sort of big reveal, and and so. Uh, they asked me to, to figure something out, and then I went to a company, uh, and they said, they said, oh, yeah, we'll do a kabuki drop. And I said, I, I don't know what that is, but it sounds fun. So, yeah, we, we set up the big kabuki drop, and, uh, and we were ready. So the event's going on, and, and on the, the left side there in the picture, there's a, a fake cord that the presenters are supposed to pull. And I'm, I'm standing there actually in the middle of the shot right behind that brick pillar 
and I've got a, a piece of tie line that's connected to the top of the truss there behind the bunting. And uh, I'm supposed to pull the, uh, the tie line and that releases all the little clamps holding the blue curtain and the blue curtain was supposed to fall down. So it worked fine in, in testing. And uh, so the event started and uh, all the speeches went on, the band played, everything was going great. I was standing back there, uh, very happy. And, uh, and then the presenters got ready to reveal the statue. They pulled on the fake cord. I pulled on my tie line and the tie line went pop and broke at the top and the curtain was still there. <laughs> and I thought, oh boy. Uh, and so I, I was standing next to my audio engineer at the time and I, apparently I turned to him and said, well, I'm going up. And so I climbed up the truss there uh, and uh, pulled, the, pulled the little release lever uh, and the curtain fell. And uh, yeah, <laughs> gosh, that was, and that's why I never, uh, I always wear my blue uniform. I never wear the, the, I never get dressed up for these things. So I never know when I'm going to have to climb up a truss or, you know, run through some mud or something to get it, get it something fixed. To get, to get it happening. <laughs> That's it's one of those moments they saw me and, you know, it, something was horribly wrong. <laughs> they would have seen you go up the side of that truss, oh, yes. right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and you've got, is there anything else that you could share with us? Oh, you've yeah. got a couple so, of stories? Yeah, we had another uh one of my memorable experiences with the band, uh, we were playing this piece called Circus Maximus uh, by John Carigliano. And uh, we had uh, Leonard Slatkin guest conducting, a uh, big to-do. We were at the uh, Music Center at Strathmore. And one of my best friends, uh, uh, Bill Kassman, was stage managing there. And so uh, at the end of this piece, there is uh, a huge buildup and then calls for a big shotgun blast. And so uh, we had gone around and found a shotgun and, uh, and looked for a bunch of black powder blanks. And, you know, that was hard to find, but we eventually found some black powder blanks and uh, loaded up. And in D.C., you can't have a weapon in D.C., so I put it in the trunk of my car and I always had to drive around D.C. Uh, these crazy This sounds to, dangerous to already. This is, this is just, <laughs> I can already tell this is going to be a bad story. Okay, get going. So I show up. And uh, the Friday before, I think the concert was on Monday, and the Friday before I had talked to my operations officer and I said, uh, well, I, I, we hear that the Commandant of the Marine Corps is going to be in attendance and always has a security detail with him. I said, has anyone let them know I have a shotgun and we'll be firing it on stage? <laughs> my operations officer said, oh, that's a good idea. And so um, Monday rolled around and we got to rehearsals and I hadn't heard anything. So I didn't know if we were going to, uh, if, if he had, been told or not so get to the performance i'm in my you know red uniform and uh and bill Kassman's over there laughing at me and uh i go on stage and i've got the uh the shotgun broken down over my knee and uh i'm kind of staring up at the at the box where the commandant is and uh, i see a gentleman in the suit behind him <laughs> and so i'm waiting for my part you know, i only have one note at the very end and so it gets closer to the time where I'm supposed to fire the shotgun and uh, I, I close up the shotgun and I see the gentleman in the suit standing behind the commandant kind of lean forward. And uh, I thought, oh boy, <laughs> this may be the last thing I ever do with the band. Uh, it gets closer and I stand up and I point the shotgun well away from, you know, from anybody. And, uh, and I see the gentleman in the suit kind of reaching into the side of his suit there. And uh, I say, okay, well, <laughs> I'm going to make this good. So ended up, you know, the, the last note, holding, holding. And then finally, uh, Mr. Slacken points at me and I fire the shotgun. Bang. 
huge noise and then this deafening silence afterwards. And somebody way up in the third balcony shouts, holy cow. And then the applause, you know, applause happens. And I thought that was just pretty funny. I definitely that's, can remember that forever. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> quite a, quite a uh, nerve wracking experience, I think. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> a lot of fun, too. Oh, absolutely. So, g- given that experience, I mean that's 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 quite a very um, specific experience with with regards to your job because you've got so many people around you that might be sensitive to something like that. You know, as as opposed to normal theatrical things where that might be expected. So, you, essentially, you've got an entertainment role in a military environment. So, yeah. how does that how does that compare? What would you because you have worked in general entertainment. So, what, what's what's different about it? Uh, well, uh, rank <laughs> is definitely different. Yeah. Um, you know, coming from a stage management uh, you know, where you're, you know, you've got the director and then you have the stage manager. Uh, things around here uh, are, you know, a little different. <laughs> so when you're stage managing, you you have to really rely on tact. You have to really, uh, you know, make sure that you're you're passing the correct information, and you have to, you know, make sure that you're. Uh, you're being courteous at all times and mm. something we should all do. And, and it's just, you know, even more so here. And then if somebody does have, uh, and wants to pull rank, then, you know, then you have to get all uh, diplomatic. <laughs> and you have to, who are you essentially reporting to saying that there isn't the normal theatrical structure? Yeah. So I work outside of the operations office uh, and uh, that's, so the operations office takes care of scheduling all rehearsals and performances uh, something that, you know, a normal stage manager would schedule rehearsals and, and that's something we don't do uh, as stage managers here. Uh, and we work with our operations office. So we're kind of split up there, but also we're in charge of the stage crew. Uh, and so something, in that, you know, and we're in charge of training them uh, as well as, you know, and everything for stage crew side, also for the Marine Corps side. Uh, so something that, that, uh, a normal stage manager wouldn't do. We spend a lot of time actually mentoring them. So these these young men come into the military to be infantry marines, uh, and they get assigned uh, to us randomly. Their peer group is going to college for the first time. It's, it's that peer group that you're away from college for the first time. Except my young men have been uh, trained to kill. <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's always an interesting group, uh, uh, and I really enjoy working with them and, and teaching them. And suddenly they're on the stage crew. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Michael, don't I ask, what's a typical week look like for the band? Oh, it's always different. Uh, we have a normal rotation. So uh, beginning of January through the end of May is kind of our winter and spring concert series. And normally we'll do a concert every Sunday. Uh, so Tuesday through Friday will be rehearsals. Uh, gearing up for that concert, and then we'll uh, we'll go out there on Sunday and, and and load in. The unique thing about us is we do very few concerts here at our facility. Most of our concerts are all runouts, so we're we're one of the, the most well traveled uh, musical organizations, and our gear reflects that. Uh, unfortunately, it just gets moved around a lot. Um, mm. And then uh, in the summer, uh, from the beginning of June through the end of August, so normally we would have concerts every Wednesday and Thursday at the U.S. Capitol on the steps there. And then Fridays, the band also performs uh, at the Friday evening parade at the barracks. And then September is kind of our gearing up for tour. 
uh, month. And also we have a, a music in the schools uh, initiative that we do. And then October is usually a, a concert tour uh, uh, in the continental United States. Uh, we split up, actually the Department of Defense has split up uh, continental United States into five sections and we rotate through uh, a different section every year. And then November, when we come back from tour, is our Marine Corps birthday ball uh, season and also Veterans Day uh, and gearing up for the holiday season. And December is, is very much a holiday season. And now, uh, so we also support uh, uh, funerals in Arlington, uh, the band does, and, uh, and the White House. That's our primary job is to support the president in, in the White House. And so we're, we're always uh, going over there at, at whenever they want. And sometimes cool. it can be on short notice and sometimes you know, they give us a little more notice, but we're always ready to go over there. So a normal week is a lot of wait around and wait and see what happens. My gosh, it sounds like that you're always on the go, though. There's a lot in your <laughs> packed into your year. Yes. Yeah. What do you like most about your job, Rich? Oh, definitely the stage crew. Uh, the stage crew is is some of my some of my favorite uh, part. Yeah, definitely the favorite part of the job because they're all always unique individuals that come in here. They get here and sometimes they have no idea what a band is. Uh, they've never seen a concert band, never heard a concert band, never cared to hear one sometimes. Uh, and my philosophy is what you don't know, you, you push away and we don't want to push them away. So we start a music education uh, uh, program with them as well as learning uh, you know, stagecraft as well. And so we, we, we teach them the basics and we get them that far and then you know, I'd say 80% of them want to learn more. So we just, I just keep teaching them. And then uh, they're, they're assigned to us for two years at a time. And usually at the end of the two years, they don't want to leave. Uh, and some of them do, but <laughs> some of them we want yeah. to leave. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're some of my favorite, and sometimes you know, not favorite part of the band or part of the yeah. job. But uh, also meeting uh, our diverse audiences on tour, it's always very interesting to meet. You know, we'll be in some remote uh, city, and uh, and sometimes those those will be the the only time uh, those residents will ever see a military organization, uh, mm. or we'll we'll run into. Uh, you know, uh, people that have been in the Marine Corps years ago and they have stories and we sit there and, and, and listen to their stories. And it's always very, very interesting. That's always part of my favorite and, part of the job. And sorry, did you say you, how many in your crew generally that you have? Normally we have between four and eight uh, stage crewmen here uh, and then two stage managers. And we have three audio engineers. So between us and all of us, uh, we split into two crews and we kind of handle uh, everything that needs to come up. So it's usually me and four crewmen and an audio engineer uh, setting yeah. everything up at any given time. Going into details, in terms of coordination, can you elaborate on how you stage manage your high-profile events, including inaugurations and, and state funerals? So who are you actually taking cues from? Who's coordinating the logistics on the day? How does that, how does that work? On the real big events, uh, we have something called Military District of Washington, and they are in charge of all military events, uh, large military events. Uh, and there's actually an inauguration committee that only works on just inauguration. But you know, if, if we have a state funeral, that uh, you know, those happen on pretty short notice. We there is a team that preps those well in advance with a general outline, and then 
everything comes together very, very quickly. Myself, you know, everything filters down through our operations office. So they, they get the marching orders from the military district of Washington. We have uh, an office actually in the Pentagon uh, that, that works for Marine Corps Music. And they kind of give us our marching orders. And once we get on site, I, uh, I kind of make friends with, you know, anybody who's on site, you know, definitely any security, you know, because if something's going wrong and I need to run through the halls, I don't want to get shot. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I always let them know who I am right away. Well, before I need to run through the halls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can't believe uh, you have to think about that, but it's true, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a picture of inauguration up on the platform. Uh, you can see me standing there right where uh, the president will speak. And then uh, mm -hmm. the neat thing I like about this uh, is all the speakers that will go underneath the chairs uh, that all the VIPs will sit in. It's a lot of speakers. <laughs> and so that's just to, to amplify the speech? Or what are they laid out like that for? I think it's just so that the, the VIPs up there can hear everything that's happening. So your small team is is how do they bring any extra crew to help set that up or is it still just your team? Oh no, the, all the speakers are set up by uh, uh, I guess the union uh, is a mm. company company in town, uh, Maryland Sound International that that usually gets this event, and they set up the delay stacks all the way down the mall. It's a huge huge setup. Uh, I'm just there for the band. <laughs> Oh, there's a yeah. There's there's an early morning uh, at the uh, U.S. Capitol right before inauguration. You know, it gets serious so when like, they put up the seal of the president there. Yeah, and so this is you setting up at what, like four a.m., three a.m.? Yeah, it's somewhere around there. <laughs> we call it wow. O Dark Thirty. O Dark Thirty. And this one. Oh yeah, that's uh, behind the scenes at George H. W. Bush's uh, state funeral. That's uh, one of our sound engineers, uh, Mike Tukasu. Uh, they're on the board, and he's mixing uh, a feed for the broadcast truck inside the cathedral there. Yeah, we're just off to the side there, out of sight. So in this situation, you're you, you're obviously supporting the funeral, but between hearing about that you're going to, to support it and, and who's going to be choosing the music and coordinating the logistics and stuff, who's doing that? Oh, so the music, uh, you know, the director will, will choose that um, in... And he'll pull in resources uh, from the library if he needs to. Uh, so it's the same advice. as you said before that yeah. the, yeah, the funeral, but there's no, there was no be personal preferences from the family or anything, or because it's a state oh, sure. affair, it's it's, uh, yeah. it's it's driven by you guys. Yeah, the family definitely has a say in what music, and they they, they work with uh, with the director of the band and and the uh, the planning committee, and then we make it happen. <laughs> Whatever they yeah. want, we make it happen. So we had uh, several uh, guest artists that we we worked with for this funeral, a vocalist and a pianist. And so we, yeah, we, were, we were there for rehearsals and, and anything they wanted, we, we made sure that, that we did it. And do you get a lot of rehearsal time with this sort of stuff? Like I know you're doing high profile events all the time, but I guess there's a, there's a lot to be done in a short period of time when you're, when you're trying to create it, you know, do a funeral like this. Oh yeah. And that's the great thing probably about the military is that everyone kind of you know, stops what they're doing and pitches in and really works to make this this happen um, mm. and make it a success. Uh, yeah. So there's a, you know, uh, that's our orchestra there. And we have the Army uh, provides some ceremonial trumpets. Uh, and there's a, a joint service color guard and, and uh, a military honor guard. And then there's uh, the body bearers that, that bring in the casket. And uh, 
all, all sorts of, of things happening. And sometimes uh, there will be a parade specified. So that then everyone provides a band and a, a few marching units to, uh, to be in the parade. All hands on deck event. What's the most unique event space you've ever had to stage manage in? Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, we're always uh, in historic buildings you know, over the Library of Congress. Or uh, Some of my favorites are for our summer concerts. Our pop groups go out to a, an old amusement park called Glen Echo, uh, and we perform in the old bumper car pavilion there, uh, which I, I just think is really funny. You've got a picture of this. <laughs> this is it? Is this the one? Oh, yeah, that's the bumper car pavilion. You can see on the top there the uh, little bumper car paintings. But yeah, we're we're inside there, and you can still see you know a bit of the deck in the ceiling, and, uh, and finding power is always interesting there. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of uh, a lot of fun to play there. We, it, it's a great venue because they have a, a very nice audience that's uh, that's kind of built in. Do the audience go into the pavilion as well, or are they standing around the outside? It doesn't look so big. Yeah, a bit of both. We they have benches and chairs set up inside. And then, you know, we get a lot of uh, people walking by, just, you know, walking their dogs or, or out, you know, going to the park with their children. And there's a historic merry-go-round there as well, uh, or carousel, I guess I should call it. Yeah. It's like actual calliope and hand-carved horses. Uh, so it's a, it's a very nice historic area. We really like playing there. Yeah, all the historic places around Washington, D.C. are always fun. Uh, I naturally like to, you know, get in places and then kind of explore wander around the Library of Congress and <laughs> looking at the, you know, the gold filigree on the ceiling and the amazing painting. Uh, just going up once and touching the White House. Uh, that's my first time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really... That's awesome. What, I mean, outside the President of the United States, which is, you know, already an amazing person to be playing for and, and around regularly, are there other special guests that you've been able to perform or collaborate with that are mentioned? Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you know we, we mentioned uh, John Corigliano, who wrote Circus Maximus, and then uh, Leonard Slack and conducting us was a great honor. And uh, you know we we often get uh, composers that want to compose a piece for for band, and sometimes they compose it just for us. Probably my my favorite is is John Williams. Uh, I grew up listening to his music from Star Wars, Indiana Jones, uh, Jaws. And uh, we have a very good relationship with him. He's conducted the band on uh, you know, several occasions. And when we go out on tour, you know, like last year, we were in California, had a concert at UCLA, and he came and conducted the Imperial March uh, with the band, just as a surprise. Uh, and he's super nice. You'd never know. You just he's happy to talk to everybody, and he sits down and and wants to know what you're doing, what your name is, and. And you'd never know that he was just, you know, a worldwide famous composer of music. Yeah, he's just a great guy. And, you know, everyone that comes in, you know, and works with us, once you get to a certain level, you just, uh, you should be just a very nice person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's amazing. I want to go back to the crew that we're looking at. This is your crew, right? You and the yes. crew? Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, the guys on the left, you might see the, you know, the bigger guys, younger mm. guys, uh, those are my uh, infantry Marines. That's my stage crew. And then us old guys on the, on the right side there. Well, except for the guy on the third. <laughs> He's younger. Those are my audio engineers and myself. Uh, but yeah, the, yeah, the stage crew is on the left there. So when you're, when you're taking these guys on board and you've got to teach them stagecraft and I guess basic music education because not all of them may have had that experience, 
So so how do you layer and build that up for people who have never been involved in your history and your 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 work in in the arts? So how do you start with these guys that don't may or may not know anything about stagecraft? So I connected with them on common ground. You know, they came into the Marine Corps, they volunteered, they're interested to to be active, and then I you know, I, I kind of let them know about the band's history and uh, and connect them to that. Uh, there's a reason the band is here. We were founded in, in uh, 1798 by an act of Congress, uh, and we're America's oldest continuous musical organization. And so they are now part of that. And uh, I try to set that as uh, as the setting, and then we build from there. Um, and so I, you know, we start. Uh, you know, when you go to recruit training, you you there's an exercise. You you learn the outlines of all the different you know armor and and, and uh, planes and different you know uh, things that are on the battlefield. So we start that. Uh, in the same vein of thinking, all right, this is a bassoon, this is a timpani, uh, you know, and we start you know, with that. And once they learn the, the basic instruments and they can identify them, then we, uh, we get into, you know, how to move everything because uh, it's very specific, especially with some of the percussion equipment. And that we move it so often, it's important to do it right. And then, uh, you know, we get into, uh, you know, a little bit about, okay, well, You've got everything on stage. You know, we want to be able to see it, so we need to talk about how to light it. And then, luckily, we have a, a um, three professional audio engineers here, and we'll get them into you know how are we going to you know make this sound good? How are we you know are we going to capture it for recording, or do we want to have a you know, public uh, rebroadcast of what's happening here, or reinforcement? And we talk about you know. We start at the beginning, cable wrapping, identifying microphones, uh, you know, a lot of cable wrapping, box pushing, you know, a lot like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you start with a union, you start pushing yeah. boxes. Uh, right. You know, and loading, loading trucks is you know, the next step up. And, you know, <laughs> you know so it's all, all kind of like that. And, and as they keep learning, they get more interested. Uh, and I say, hey, you can, you can really go down the rabbit hole with this, you know digital lighting, they've got multi-universe, you know, uh, you know audio and, and lighting rigs. And uh, anytime we go into a really nice theater, uh, you know, I have them go talk to the crew that's there and say, hey, you know, ask them what, what they do. Mm. Uh, that's, that's how I learned. Has any of them left the military and ended up in, in, in entertainment in any way, do you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got several that are stage managing uh, for for different groups, and, and uh, I always take that as a huge oh yes moment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I tell them, yeah, hey, yeah. When you get out, you know, we're we're giving you a skill that you can go and and start working right away. And it's very yeah. very important. I love this picture because for me, it's it's an epitome of like it doesn't matter what realm of uh, work that you are. Stage crew <laughs> chilling out looks the same yes. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When we're done loading in, that's it's just, and now the stage crew are all on their phones. Where's this photo taken? That was on tour uh, last year in uh, uh, Porterville, California. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah, we're doing a, a ground level load there down the ramp, and we have about uh, twenty-one thousand pounds of gear we have to load in and out every day. They're probably actually texting each other in that photo. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> And this 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 event here. Tell us about this one. Oh, so that's uh, that's uh, a group we call Free Country. That's our country mm -hmm. rock band, uh, and they're performing there at, the, at a normal uh, summer concert at the Capitol. 
And so, yeah, we, we, uh, we set up those little tiny line arrays there with our uh, GD towers and we've got our uh, LED lights lighting them and our winger risers there. <laughs> and so, yeah, the crew will go in there and I'll teach them you know, the lighting and we'll, we'll get them to, you know, build the arrays and, uh, and uh, run all the cable and plug everything in. And, uh, you know, the breakout boxes and the snakes and, the, you know, all the audio stuff and, and run everything to the front house board. And they learn all of that. And, uh, and hopefully someday they'll be able to go somewhere and go, oh, yeah, I know how to do this. You know, ask a question, <laughs> know enough to know that they don't know how to do it and ask a question. And is that set up and struck in the same day or is it like something oh, yeah. that's set up there for the, yeah. You've yeah, always got to kind of clear that area, right, because it's such oh, an yeah. iconic space. Well, that and if it rains, we don't want to leave our gear out there. Mm. But, yeah, it takes us about three hours to set up and about an hour and a half to break down. And then we go home. Yeah. <laughs> as a French horn player, has being a musician helped you serve, like, serve you as a stage manager, you think? I'm sure it would have given the roles and the duties that you, you do for the military, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, like any other uh, stage manager that you know, manages a, a musical based group uh reading music is, has been very important uh, you know for especially for our children's concerts or any special concert that has some sort of uh, video element or a lighting cue or any other cue like that uh, i'm able to follow along with the score and and, uh, and and call those cues in time which is a valuable skill i, I think for for a stage manager of a musical organization and then as a benefit, uh, having, you know, played in you know, different brass quintets and, and woodwind quintets as a horn player, I, I'm familiar with those, you know, different setups. And so I can talk to the musicians with, uh, with some sort of knowledge of, of what they want to do and how they want to set up, um, you know, an orchestra set up. I have a pretty good idea of where things go. <laughs> and, you know, I can, I can even go and say, well, do we want to set up as a you know, German style or, you know, American style? People are always shocked that I know what that means. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's definitely been a big help. There's uh, that's me uh, doing video projections for the four seasons. So I had a, a conductorless chamber orchestra, just the strings, and I'm following along. And apparently, there was text to the four seasons. I never knew that until we did this concert. You know, we're doing the the, the text poem uh, written by Vivaldi himself. That that does look like fun. Where what venue was that? Did you say? Uh, that's uh, so we play at uh, Northern Virginia Community College's uh, Schlesinger Hall. That's kind of our home away from home. Uh, right. And, and we're very lucky that we go there and they kind of just give us free reign. And uh, as an actual, uh, you know, proscenium theater, so I'm able to just show my new crew guys around. Hey, we have a rigging system, we have a fly system. Uh, you know, these are all the things that, that, you know, a real stage has that our, our band hall doesn't. Put them in a real theater for once. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so good. Are there any are there any entertainment type positions around you that are civilian positions, or does everybody involved with what you do have to be a member of the military? Uh, so we have a few civilian uh, positions that work directly with the band. They're over at the Pentagon um, in the uh, Marine Corps Music uh, kind of headquarters position. Um, one of those is our uh, previous operations officer. He's in charge of uh, all of our touring now and also helps out with scheduling uh, the band in the DC area. And then uh, there are a couple uh, civilian organizations within the military that do uh, video 
Uh, one is called DMA. They're over at uh, Fort Meyer, I believe. And then, uh, you know, of course, we always work with contractors. Um, we've worked with uh, several film crews to, to work, you know, to film the band. Uh, now we're hiring a, a couple of professionals to, to do a lot of that in-house now that we're doing a lot more online than, than live now. Um, trying to take advantage of, of, you know, things like this, getting to a much wider audience. It's a lot of fun. Sure. And what, what's this? Uh, is this part yeah. of the, the external crew? Yeah, so that's uh, so that was again at Nova, um, at Northern Virginia Community College, uh, that stage there, and we uh, we were working with George Schwartz in the uh, All Star uh, Orchestra uh, program that he has, uh, or All Star Band. So we did a, a filming session for one of those episodes, uh, and we had a civilian crew come in for that, and you know you see the jig there and and all the camera positions, and you know, they, they had a room in the back where they were live mixing the video, and we were mixing the audio and uh yeah it was a lot of fun a lot of fun to work with the, the um the professional team there and learned a lot yeah it looks like, it yeah. does look like a good gig then <laughs> yeah. we went, ended up winning an emmy for that so we were very very happy that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> so do you do the members of the president's own travel with the president overseas and do gigs there, and are you required as a stage manager to be at those events if you if you're going abroad? So we don't travel internationally very much. Uh, we've we did go on a tour uh, in Japan last year, and that was the first time since the early two thousands uh, we had toured internationally. But yeah, we we mostly stay here in DC, uh, except for October, uh, where we kind of split the band and half goes on tour and half stays here. And you know, our primary purpose is to serve you know, the White House, and uh, uh, kind of internationally, the bands provide their own territorial, uh, you know, engagements. So if the president goes, uh, you know, say to, to Great Britain, the bands there will will play uh, for his for them, yeah. And, yeah. Mm. and so we we get to do that, you know, when people come and visit us, learning a different national anthem, and we go over to the Pentagon for an arrival ceremony. Uh, and then you know, a lot of times we'll play for the state dinner at the White House. Uh, you know, uh, one of those times we we got to sit on the roof of the Oval Office uh, recently to provide dinner for the or uh, provide music for the dinner in the Rose Garden. It's a pretty neat. Don't step. That's there. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Definitely. And this, what's this this photo here? What what is this? <laughs> is this some people arriving or? Yeah, that's just uh, uh, set up uh, at the stage at the Sylvan Theater there at the Washington Monument. And, you know, it's always neat to see the boss fly by right there. <laughs> that's great. Giselle asks, how many styles of uniform does the Marine Band have? Do they have, like, different ones for different events? So how does that work? Sure, yeah, we have uh, what we call our ceremonial full. Uh, that's the red uh, uniform you might see behind me in one of these pictures here uh, with all the braiding and the buttons and, and everything. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, we can see it behind here, you. Here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the white braiding, and uh, so that's actually a traditional uh, uh, Marine Corps uniform. Early on in the Marine Corps, uh, the the fighting Marine would wear blue with red piping, and we the non-combatants, uh, you know, back then you had the the drummers and the fifes and the trumpets that would uh, you know march the troops into battle to mark them as non-combatants. They weighed, they wore the inverse. Of the of the Marine Corps uniform, which was red with blue piping. So red with blue piping, right? Yeah. So that's the non-combatant traditional non-combatant musical uh, uniform, and, and we have the uh, 
instead of the crossed rifles, we have the, the music lyre on our, on, on our rank. Uh, so we have that, that uniform, our, our ceremonial full uniform. We have a, uh, uh, like a special full uniform, which is without all the braiding. And that's what our string players wear, because if you, if you caught one of those braids with your bow, man, you'd be in trouble. Uh, mm. And then we have uh, you know, the uniform that I'm wearing. This is our service uniform, but kind of the green one. And then we have, of course, the dress blues, uh, which everyone seems to like. So you got a lot of, lot of different ones to, to wear, depending on, the, depending on the event. <laughs> Richard, us, what, what contingency plans do you make in case of inclement weather, weather and uh, specifically how do you handle instruments getting wet? You're laughing. I think that you've dealt with that a lot before. <laughs> it happens a lot in the summer, especially when we're out at the capital. And sometimes yeah. it's, it's really clear. It, it'd definitely be, it's definitely going to rain and there's lightning and thunder and we don't even go out there. And that's, that's, I'd rather have it be that or completely clear. But a lot of times in D.C., it'll say 50% chance of rain, which, which to me means they don't know what's going to happen, and neither do we. So a lot of times <laughs> we'll go out there and, and we'll take the truck out and we'll kind of look up at the sky for a while. And now we all have our smartphones and we're sitting there looking at the radar, trying to figure out what's going on. And eventually we either say, nope, it's not going to happen or oh, we're going for it. And you know, then we start setting up. Uh, so we bring a lot of tarps. Uh, and, you know, we're there well before the musicians. Uh, we have the larger uh, equipment, uh, you know, timpani, uh, vibraphones, xylophones, you know, marimba, you know, those instruments with wood, uh, we want a tarp. And sometimes we won't even take them off the truck until the last minute. Uh, and, of course, the audio system, you know, it has electricity. And, you know, when there's lightning in the area, that's, that's a definitely, hey, we've got to stop. Uh, mm. But if it's just rain, then, you know, you've got your little sandwich bags and, and tarps and, you know, anything to keep the rain off. And uh, sometimes it'll rain just during the setup and then it'll, be, it'll clear up for the performance time. And, you know, it, it, we're there or, you know, we might have pulled the plug already and, and the sun's shining at, at 8 p.m. And everyone's thinking, why aren't you playing? Yeah. Because <laughs> well, we couldn't set up. Yeah. I need I need that three hours back so right. we can set up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't, you know, just wave my magic wand and there it is. I wish. Yeah. Uh, just trying to figure out the weather and, and hope for the best and prepare for the worst. Angel asks, do you have a lot of redundant systems in your setup in terms of extra gear and things like that? Or is it, what's your point of failure there with, with systems? So the Marine Corps likes to say we do more with less. And that's definitely true sometimes with the band. Uh, we have, uh, yeah, one sound system <laughs> and, and hopefully it never goes down. And, uh, you know, we just try and take care of it. We, we do have several sets of timpani that, that, you know, we could go get some more timpani if we you know, ever had a big problem. Uh, a couple of bass drums and, you know, enough musical instruments to, to, you know, make do. But, uh, you know, some of these systems are, you know, we have one lighting system and if that system goes down, we're, we're in trouble. <laughs> We're just trying, you know, keep it in good shape and, and test it and make sure it's working. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about the sponsor, the Marine Band program, the inv and your involvement with that. So, uh, in a normal year in October, we'll go on a national concert tour. So we have our uh, office of communications that does a lot of the advance for that, and they work very closely with the tour director at, at the Pentagon. And I think on their webpage, they have a, a you know. A, a sponsor system where uh, people in the area that we're touring can uh, request the band and then they uh, they take care of you know helping us find a place to play 
and uh, promoting uh, the concert and uh, and kind of being our liaison in that town. Um, and it, it comes out very important, you know, that everybody, uh, these liaisons are a great help to us. Uh, you know, they bring us into different places that, that we, because we don't know uh, what's there. We're not locals. Ask a local is always the best uh, policy in this in this case. So finding the best place to play and where people can drive in and, and, and you know, from different areas around the town. Uh, so yeah, if anyone's ever interested in, in being a sponsor for a national concert tour, definitely uh, head to our website and, and look up that program. And uh, yeah, it's very valuable. And what it, what is that website? Can I, can we put that in the in the uh, chat box? Yeah, what usually I think we just uh, Google U.S. Marine Band. Uh, I think it's uh, U.S. Marine Band's dot mill. Marine Band dot mill. <laughs> U.S. Marine Marine Band. All right, we will yeah. find it. We'll send it out. <laughs> And oh, I've got to show you this oh, yeah, this picture. Just, yeah, it's just our tour truck. So if you sponsor us, you'll see this truck and showing up. Uh, we have a fifty-three uh, foot semi-tractor trailer that we tour with, and uh, we load that front to back, uh, top to bottom, and then uh, yeah, usually just ramp off to a loading dock or the ground. Uh, we'll bring in all the gear. That's sure amazing. Everything. <laughs> Well, I do hope that I get to see you in action at some point in the future, even though I'm on the other side of the world right now and I probably can't get over there, but at some point we will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're doing a lot more live streams lately. So uh, if you catch us on our website, we, uh, we're live streamed, I think, every Wednesday this, uh, this month and next month. And then we do have a YouTube channel as well where you can see all of our old uh, performances uh, and a lot of our neat things. We have a Veterans Day special coming up that that uh that is really neat we just filmed at the marine corps museum Should that's amazing uh, there you go shelly's put it in the chat box uh Excellent. the marine there's there there you go thank you so much shelly and we've hit our hour rich so thank you so much for joining us tonight oh, on, uh, or this morning for you for theater <laughs> theater our life i really enjoyed learning about your role and yes thank you so much and i really appreciate your time tonight oh, absolutely thanks for having me it's my pleasure Please write a review on our podcast whenever you listen to our podcast. Let your friends know about us. You can learn more about Theatre Art Life by visiting our website at www.theatreartlife.com. And you can follow us on social media and leave your questions or comments on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitter, or YouTube. We really want to thank David Zaya for composing the music for our podcast and Michelle Sharotta, who is our sound engineer. We are your hosts, Anna and Anna, and this is the Theatre Art Life podcast where we put the spotlight on those who create live entertainment around.